Welcome back. If you thought the last episode couldn't get any heavier, well, we're getting very, uh, very touchy-feely here today with some deep, deep feelings and emotions and some deep legal um, insights as well. So I've kind of broken this episode down. I'm trying to make these segments a little more interesting, entertaining, and informative, basically. So I've got this broken into four sections on this podcast. The editing is just getting world class here. <laughs> um, my first section is with a lawyer, Dr. Steve Miller, who had this really great short, about three minute breakdown of what happens in a uh, relationship with a child after a separation, especially when one parent has an unhealthy ability to cope with it and tries to basically brainwash the other child or the child against the other parent. And they have a lot, they have a very enmeshed. If you don't know what enmeshment is, look into it. It got very popular from a book called The Truth by Neil Strauss. Uh, an Uncomfortable Conversation About Relationships was the name of that book, The Truth, Neil Strauss. I've talked about it a number of times on the podcast. But he had a very enmeshed relationship with his mother where he was really kind of inappropriately almost, I don't want to say incestful, but the relationship between him and his mother was too close for a healthy relationship. And when that, that happens, they the child is basically alienated from the other parent and is almost kind of in a relationship with the parent that is kind of really controlling them. It comes down to control and manipulation is basically the psychological, I guess, uh, symptom of it. And the lawyer here talks about how toxic that is and, and how it really ruins the bond with the other parent. That's exactly what happened with me. And after that, I have Ryan Thomas, a segment from him. Ryan Thomas, he's got probably the biggest platform for helping alienated parents reconnect with their children. Check out Ryan Thomas Speaks on YouTube, on the web. He's got a huge, huge platform and following, unfortunately, because there's so many parents that need his help. And we've got a song, a pretty emotional song that he wrote. So there's a little song and music on this episode. And then we wrap that up with my, I guess, just attempt to share and I wasn't able to connect with my son on his 15th birthday. I sent emails that went unanswered and presents that were unable to be sent because his mother did not tell me, has never told me the mailing address or how I can get in contact with him. So I'm basically blocked out of any kind of contact with my son right now. And this has been going on for a couple of years, which is awful. And I just kind of give him an update of what's going on with me and how I feel about this and what I hope the future has in store for us. So it's pretty emotional. It's pretty heavy. Um, I actually didn't put a post about this episode on social media because it is pretty personal. And another reason why I'm doing this is just to document that, hey, I was trying to make attempts. It wasn't that I just disappeared. It was like, hey, I've reached out numerous times. I've got all the emails saved. 
And hopefully one day, Ethan, you'll hear this and you'll hear the other side of the story. And I'm just putting this out there online because now he's 15, has a phone, he can do searches, and hopefully this comes across his path. So, Ethan, if you are out there and hearing this, this is for you, my boy. And I miss you. I love you. And I hope this sheds some light on how things were the way they were. And listen to the episode before this, uh, episode 47 or 48, to get a whole glimpse of exactly what went down. I had a whole hour interview about spilling everything about what happened. Very open, very, um, very vulnerable. Share with me and my guest, Eric, who uh, is another alienated father. So that's what's going on. This is a long intro, but just wanted to kind of set up the framework. And after my, um, I guess, monologue to my boy, I have a, another wrap-up song. And the reason why I start off by saying hey in my ad address to Ethan is because that's what the name of this song is. It's called Hey, and it's the featured song in the new documentary called Erasing Family that I helped kind of share some resources with and donated to their Kickstarter. So... That is that. And tomorrow's episode is going to be number 50, where I share all the 23andMe, my heritage DNA tests that I did for my mom, my dad, and myself. And it's a doozy. So you'll want to check that one out. It's going to be a pretty, pretty interesting show. And it's cool to have my parents featured on episode 50 because I love them and they are the best guests that I could ever have on this show. So um, hopefully one day I'll have my son on the show too. That would be amazing. All right. Enjoy. Here we go. Hey, it's Ryan Thomas from RyanThomasSpeaks.com, and I'm so excited to share with you a song that I wrote and produced about parental alienation. It's performed by the amazingly talented Douglas Haynes, and my goal was to capture the love that an alienated parent has for their child, but is unable to express it fully like they want to because they've been blocked. They've been disconnected from the relationship, but I also wanted to show the duality of the child's experience on the other side of the wall. When deep down that child does love that rejected parent, yet they have to suppress that love because it's unacceptable to express any type of love and loyalty for an alienated parent. So without further ado, I'm so proud to present to you my song, I Love You So You Just Don't Know. Life without you is not my plan. I 
simple truth is this I love you so you just don't know My deepest pain is this I love you so you just don't know Subspecialist in alienation and estrangement who sees it all the time, not the best psychologist in the world who rarely sees it. And so very briefly, the short answer to this question, how does this happen, is this field is highly counterintuitive to anyone who doesn't have extensive training and experience dealing with it. They, most people will usually get it wrong. And when I say people, I mean attorneys, psychologists, other mental health experts, the majority of the time they will not only get the case and the evaluation and the recommendations wrong, they will get it exactly backwards. First of all, and think how counterintuitive this is, in an alienation setting, most children will align with the abusive parent. It's like, a, a, you know, these kids that you find that have been living with their abductors for years and then they resist capture or st Stockholm Syndrome. Very counterintuitive. Number two, what we would call pathological enmeshment, and I'll define that briefly. It means that the alienating parent has an unhealthy enmeshment with the child to the point where the child has lost his or her individuality. A severe erosion of critical reasoning skills, uh, boundary violations, sleeping with the other parent, or at least doing the bidding of the other parent, inappropriate sharing of information, which all the lawyers have heard of. Pathological enmeshment is a very serious psychiatric problem. And to a non-expert, it looks exactly like a warm, close, loving, healthy relationship. The non-expert comes in with perhaps a PhD or an MD in psychiatry or psychology. And what they see is the, let's just say mother and father for simplicity, but it's about a 50-50 spread of who does what these days. You know, the, the two little girls are tightly bound to the mother. Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. They look at dad and say, I don't want to see him. He's a bad man. She's perfect. He's rotten. 
The non-expert says, wow, look at that great relationship. They really don't know how to probe to see if we have, there are three types of pathological enmeshment, infantilization, adultification, making them little adults. Why don't you decide if you want to see that? Right there, that's adultification. Right there, that's pathological enmeshment. So I repeat, pathological enmeshment to a non-subspecialist, to an experienced forensic psychiatrist, looks just like a warm, healthy relationship. The fundamental attribution error means you look at behavior and you think it's, if you see an angry man, someone who's angry, you say, he's an angry man. You think it's his character. In general, he's an angry man. Never mind that the reason he's angry is someone just stole his car or his wallet. Uh, you were hardwired to say, oh, I'm going to stay away from that guy. He's displaying anger. So if the anger is situational, then it's an error. Now, the relevance to us is that when an interviewer sees a severe case of alienation, the alienating parent is cool, calm, and collected. He or she is probably a borderline a sociopath or a narcissist, or all three, and is a master manipulator, has learned to convincingly mimic normal behavior, and presents very well. Oh, yes, I encourage the child's relationship with his father or his mother. Um, by contrast, the targeted parent has PTSD, has not seen the child in God knows how long, maybe years, has been told that he's the one who's the problem or she's the one, and comes in all intense, all angry, and all stressed out. Now, I personally sat through a whole course at an AFCC meeting where the t person teaching the course said to the people in the group, you can go by what you see. If the parent presents anxious and intense you can be sure that's how they parent no that's an elementary error in clinical reasoning and decision making not if it's a fundamental attribution error the severe cases are fundamentally different than moderate cases in a moderate case it is very reasonable to try to educate the parent to be more cooperative. But in a severe case where you have what one expert's called uh, an obsessed alienator, that person with almost 100% certainty has a severe personality disorder. Normal people just don't do that to their children. And one clue would be that they block access for years on end for trivial, frivolous reasons that you would never block access to your children for. Um, another uh, indicati indication or indicator would be the repeated breaching of court orders, which again, a normal person would never do. So just to give you a glimpse of the pattern, when you see excuses like they, they don't like him, they don't want to see him, and I'm not going to force them, you should sit bolt upright in your chair. Hey, Ethan. Happy birthday. It's uh, March 5th, 2019, and you are 15 years old today. <sighs> 15.
I don't know if you can see the lighting here. This is, uh, it's kind of dark, but as you know, well, as you knew, the last time we talked, um, which has been a while, um, unfortunately, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still here living in South Korea. Just had a month in Bali, Indonesia during my winter vacation. Um, and I was in Canada this past summer. And as you know, I messaged your mom to try and meet you when I was back this summer. And it seemed that either she or you were not ready or interested to make that happen, which is unfortunate because I was really hoping to see you. It's been five years, man. It's been five years. The last time I flew to Australia to come and be with you. And I'm not sure if you remember that trip or not, but I spent a lot of time at the beach, went to a couple movies, went to the video games. Um, five years. So you're 10 years old and now you're 15. And uh, I literally have not even seen a picture of you in the last about two and a half years. The last time we talked was Christmas. Um, we had a great conversation over Christmas. We talked for almost an hour, probably about 45 minutes. And then at the end of that call, as soon as your mom walked in, you just said out of the blue, I hate you. I don't want to call you anymore. I don't want to talk with you. Bam. And, uh, and you hung up. And I tried calling back, I tried emailing your mom, no reply, no response. And then I finally got an email from your mom, I think it was a couple of days later, basically saying, yeah, these Skype calls are not going to be happening anymore, which we've been doing every week. We, were, we would talk every single week. And that was like the highlight of my week. For years, we've been doing this weekly call and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, it just gets cut. And to be honest, man, I just really, really miss you. I just really, really miss you. It's, it's like I don't even know... A, I actually don't even know where you live. Last time I was told you were in California. After you left Australia, you moved to California. And uh, I've asked for updates. I've asked for pictures. No, no, no. So the good news is, is I actually just released an hour long interview with a new friend of mine who has a video that has almost 2 million views, but 1.5 million views at this point, um, talking exactly about the other millions of parents, usually fathers, that are going through exactly what I'm going through and children that are going through exactly what you're going through, which I know can't be easy. And I'm really happy to do this. And I was really nervous. I was really nervous to do it because I've never really shared publicly what has been going on. And uh, now that your grandparents, my parents are getting older, your grandfather is 77 years old, your mother's 70. Um, we can't really wait much longer 
we've been patient for 15 years and nothing has changed. And like, actually things have just gotten worse. Things are pretty good around when you're about seven or eight. <clears throat> Probably eight was the highlight when things were the best and the most um, civil. But the last seven, eight years is, uh, it's just been going downhill and getting worse and worse. So I figured that I got to do something and at least to just kind of document what's going on and put that, that episode out. And, uh, if you ever want to search it, it's episode number 48, episode 48 on my podcast. And, uh, that's just, just me telling the whole story of exactly what happened, the real story of uh, why things are the way it is. And I think it's very important for you to know the uh, the truth and every side of the story has two stories. And you've been kind of brainwashed and conditioned your whole life to just hear whatever you've been hearing. And it's important for you to be aware of other realities I would say so here's the deal man I don't want to get this into like a big he said she said thing but I just want you to know that I think of you every day I miss you I'm just so curious about what's happening in your life like you're 15 years old the last update I got from your mom was that you are six foot three at 15 years old well this is actually last year this is when you're only 14 and you had size 14 shoe. Size 14 shoe at, at 14 years old is pretty, uh, pretty rare. And uh, I mean, the doctor and the nurse when you were born, I still remember that she just looked at your foot and then looked at me and said, this is the biggest foot I've ever seen in my life, in my whole medical practice I've never seen an infant with a foot this big <laughs> so you've had flippers ever since you were a baby man I still remember that day like it was just I can't believe that was 15 years ago that's incredible um, a couple updates I just did a I got a present that was kind of specifically for for you um, that was also for my parents that I got them a DNA uh, a DNA cultural heritage test results to find out exactly what our family background is and it's super surprising <laughs> I'll never forget my mom's look when she looked at my dad when I was reading out my dad's test results I have it recorded the videos on my YouTube channel um, it'll probably be like right after your episode, so probably episode 49 or 50 for the podcast and YouTube channel. If you want to look back and see what your grandma and grandpa's biological history is and what your history also would be because you're half of them and myself. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a very, very interesting data to find out what our genetic uh, history is. So I'm excited to share that with you when the time is right. And I'd be happy to get you one of these tests as well. I was actually going to offer that for your birthday, but 
Um, as I mentioned, your mom didn't respond to my uh, request to connect with you once again uh, for your birthday. This has just been going on forever. I've actually never, I don't even know if I've ever talked to you um, on your actual birthday. I think, yeah, back in the day when things were better, but it's been probably years, years since we have. And uh, I want you to be aware and check out something that you would really probably benefit from knowing about. It's called parental alienation. Parental alienation is when a parent kind of tries to um, intercede and interrupt and basically destroy the relationship with the other parent. And I think that there's definitely a lot of that that's been going on here and also in your extended family. Like if you look at your mother's mother, she's got three children from three different men <clears throat> and none of those fathers have access or any relationship with any of their children. Same with your aunt Tinsa. She has a restraining order against Nicole's father. Right, so there's patterning. How about your Uncle Joe? Does he know his father? No. Look at your mom. Does she talk to, with his father, with her father? No. There's hardcore feminist programming here going on that's systematically eliminating fathers in that side of the family from their children. And you are a victim of that because I've been taken out of your life through A, the family court proceedings, and B, from the own manipulation and basically brainwashing f between our relationship. Remember, we used to enjoy spending time together. Now you're telling me that you hate me. What happened? I never did or said anything to merit or deserve that. So I just hope that you are, I know that you're smart enough but I hope that you're not brainwashed enough to start questioning why things are the way they have been and what is the real motive and what is the real reason why things have been the way they have been. And you're a smart kid. Success leaves clues. You can figure it out. Go be a detective and start questioning some practices that have been going on. And this isn't me just bashing them, which sounds like it, but it's just me basically pulling back the curtains to expose what's really going on. And I've been very patient, I've been very respectful, I've been very understanding, but enough's enough. I've missed out on 15 years, basically, of your life. The first 15 years of your life, Ethan, have gone like that. And I'll never get them back, and neither will you. Your grandparents, my parents, my dad's almost 80 years old. You're his only grandchild. How do you think they feel not having contact or being able to have a relationship with you? It's time for you to start becoming responsible and you making the choices of what's right and what you really want. So I don't really have too much more to share. Um, I scored 52 points in a previous basketball game, which is a career high for me. 52 points in a men's league game. So your dad still got it. And uh, <clears throat> I hear that your favorite player is DeMar DeRozan. 
And I heard that you're pretty upset that he got traded from Toronto down to the Spurs. But uh, Toronto is playing pretty well this year. And uh, I thought you might be a LeBron. I thought you might be a LeBron fan now that he's in L.A. But apparently you're not. But he just actually passed today, Michael Jordan, for the uh, uh, one of the I think the third, yeah, third all-time leading scorer. So I'm I'm not sure if you're still really plugged into the NBA, but if so, I'm sure that you know more about it than I do these days. And to be honest, I I I, uh, I just want things to be. Peaceful. I don't want to have any more stress or pressure put on you. And I know that things have been civil between you, your mother and me in the past, but things that's happened here, it's just, it's not, it's not okay. And there needs to be some changes. Me and my family don't deserve to be treated like this. We would be if there was a reason to be, but there's no reason to be. And I think that deep down you know that. And if you're as sensitive and as emotionally aware that I know you are, this is probably eating away at you. And I don't want that to happen. It's not good for your well-being. And I just want things to be put in a healthy environment and have things basically just talked out. Every family has issues. Don't think that this is a situation that no one else goes through as well. People, people all have family drama and challenges in, in relationships. And look at parents are just people. Your mother and I, we're just two people that were once in love and always loved you. Like we always loved you. We always wanted you and it just gets complicated when there is a breach of trust and other relationships come into play like her marriage to Sean and then their new baby and having these stepchildren and then things like that and you having a stepbrother so or a half brother and uh, yeah I mean this has not been easy for me and I can only imagine as an adult going through what I've gone through but I can only imagine what it's been like for you as a young child trying to navigate and go through the, um, yeah, just everything that's happened in your life. But I'm super proud of you and I'm super impressed. And I know it hasn't been easy, but that's gonna make you a stronger person and a stronger man when you are able to overcome challenging situations. And I wish things were different, I really, really do. Um, but just know that I've done everything I can and I've got literally buckets load of legal paperwork and email uh, copies of every attempt I've ever made to try and be a part of your life. So don't think just because I'm not there that I don't want to be there. I've done every single thing possible to try and overcome the barriers that have been put in my way to be a part of your life. And uh, one thing my dad told me a long time ago, he said, you know, son, like if I went through what you had to go through at your age or at any age, I would have walked away. And that really surprised me because my dad's a phenomenal 
phenomenal guy. And just to hear him acknowledge how much basically, excuse my language, bullshit I've had to go through to just stay connected with you <clears throat> made me really realize like why there's a lot of one out of every three families in America, the biological father does not live with the, their, the child because of the challenges I mentioned before. And I, I'm just really sorry how things turned out. I wish it would have been different. I'm trying to be the best man I can be. And there's only so much I can do. There's also only so much patience I can have, you know. I've been very, very patient for a long time to give you, your mother, that whole situation, space and respect. But it's a two-way street and that street's coming up to a dead end here soon. So I really hope that this is kind of a wake-up call and we can kind of start things with a fresh start. 15 years, this is a big deal, this is like, you're not a little child anymore. You're becoming a man three years away from being a legal adult. And I want to be part of your life. And I can offer a lot of value. I can offer a lot of life lessons and a lot of experiences and mostly just a lot of support. You know, I just, I just want to be your biggest fan and come to your basketball games and your swim meets and teach you how to drive shoot hoops with you. Like we used to play basketball all the time when I used to come visit you. I miss that. Go watch basketball games. I took you to some NCAA basketball games. So my battery here is just came up that it's dying. So I should probably wrap this up. But the main message here, son, is that I love you. I miss you. I want to be in your life. I want to put everything that happened under the bridge. We don't need to go back over that. If you don't want to, we can just Start slow and see how it goes. Happy birthday, Ethan. Just know that your, your dad loves you. So do your grandparents, they miss you as well. Yeah, and this is where I live here in uh, South Korea. It's a pretty cool spot. This is where I used to do your webcams at when we used to do those. Hopefully we can start doing them again. I took my time getting off that plane Thought to myself, is this a good idea or just insane? Nervous to a bed. So much inside me I would like to say, but I'll just say. Standing in this baggage zone, I couldn't feel any more alone. Is this the way she felt? 
Show. 